Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You're listening to episode nine of The Spin Chagrin. And last week's category, Frank, was out in the outback. So what did you come up with for this one? All right. So there's another uh, brief story to go along before we get to the actual film itself. Um, I watched a movie called The Loved Ones on Saturday because um, I was searching Australian horror because I kind of figured that if I was going to enjoy something, it would probably be some kind of horror movie set in the outback. Um, and that popped up um, and I watched it and it was fine. It was a decent movie and it was set in Australia, but I realized that there really wasn't anything about the outback in it. So it kind of felt like cheating. Mm. Um, it's a really uncomfortable movie. And if you're interested in checking it out, it was free somewhere. I can't remember where okay. um, prime maybe, uh, but it's a good, um, I don't know, single white female-esque. Nah, that's, maybe that's not the right way to look at it. Anyway, it's about a kid that um, has, his father has died recently in an automobile accident that he caused. Um, so he's depressed and he's kind of dating this girl who wants him to be more open with her, like more emotionally available, but he's still kind of dealing with his own issues. And then there's this other girl at school that wants him to go to prom with her, but he's already dating this other girl. And so the girl that wants him to go to prom kidnaps him um, and tortures him basically. Mm. Uh, and that's the movie. Yeah. Um, really some really uncomfortable stuff in it. Uh, some decent performances though, um, but not set in the outback. So brief plug for that movie. If you have any interest um, in, what was it called again? The Loved Ones. Loved Ones. 2010 okay. or 8, somewhere in there. Yeah, 9 here, here, right, right around it. Right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I watched that and I really felt like I had like cheated myself, I really dug into finding some Outback movies. Mm-hmm. And I found this movie called uh, Road Train, which is also known as Road Kill. Um, road train is what it's called on tubi so if you at the end of this review for some reason feel like this is a movie you want to watch um and i'm going to do my best to dissuade you from that point of view um look up road train on tubi and it'll come up it's 90 minutes long so you had asked me last week i don't remember if you asked this on air or if we just talked about it off air but um whether out in the outback could just constitute you know, like the physical being of being in the outback, or if the movie would have like some kind of, you know, LGBTQ connotations where it's like someone being out in the outback. Mm-hmm. And I think I found a movie that kind of hits both huh. in a way. Um, the out in the uh, LGBTQ form is the fact that this director, um, Dean Francis, is gay and has directed uh, several movies and tv segments that are um homosexual in nature um the only reason that i know that is because as soon as this movie starts it opens with a sex scene of a man and a woman having sex and it is the most homoerotic heterosexual sex scene i've ever seen in my life like despite the woman being naked you never see any nudity on her really aside from like maybe a tiny bit of side boob but man that the dude is like all in full display like clenched buttocks and taut thighs and i don't know it's just i was like "Mm, this is um this is very much different than the usual like b-movie sex scene which is usually just about showing like boobs um is this the main male character 
it's one of the two there's only two male characters really yeah. i mean there's some like secondary characters but this is a guy playing craig um okay. craig and marcus uh so the plot is that craig and marcus have gone with their girlfriends into the outback on a camping trip um and you'll later find out and this is really no spoilers that at one point marcus's girlfriend had sex with craig and craig is marcus's best friend and marcus still hasn't forgiven his girlfriend for having sex with craig although he forgave craig like right away because that's his best friend that's another kind of like bros before hose right yeah. and there there's also like some moderately homoerotic stuff with them and the way like they mm-hmm. like the way they touch each other and stuff sure there's this director i can't remember what his name is but he films these really cheap b movies and you can look this up while i'm talking and get the guy's name the one is um what's the name of the guy that jumped out of the airplane with the millions of dollars is db db cooper Cooper? Mm -hmm. yeah look up db cooper versus bigfoot or something like that that's that's one of his movies (laughs) so this guy films these movies that are like intensely homoerotic it's like dudes in the woods with their shirts off wearing Mm -hmm. nothing but like really tight like underpants but they're never about homosexuality like there's never any like gay relationships in them Mm-hmm. it's basically just like gay fan service kind of because okay. there's always like women and but ultimately it, it ends up with like men taking off the majority of their clothes and running around in like some scene um and i've seen a few of these movies i admit because they're 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 pretty funny um but definitely not anything that you would like there's nothing really erotic about them i guess i don't know they're just kind of like uncomfortable like fetishy I, I yeah don't. i'm looking at screenshots here on mdib of um bigfoot versus db cooper and i i see immediately what you mean yes. yeah so that's the way that this man dean francis films his movie too where mm-hmm. the women are both very pretty but they're not filmed in a way to make them ever seem like sexual or um they're where they both wear like pretty well i don't know the one i guess is wearing like these weird like knee-high strap-up sandals which also doesn't make any sense because they're camping in the outback mm-hmm. um so anyway so while they're on their trek across the outback and they're driving in um uh marcus's suv um it actually very similar to the duel in the beginning of the movie the movie we talked about duel on um the podcast on friday Mm-hmm. where they run afoul of this thing called a road train and in australia i guess because they have a lot of long straightaways there's a lot of empty straightaways across like the outback they have these trucking convoys that are basically just one tractor hauling multiple um trailers behind it and the trailers are connected by hitches almost and so the one tractor can pull you know a number of like trailers so it's more efficient Mm-hmm. you know to move like large amounts of freight across the country okay <clears throat> it's just some backstory i'm going to give you just from looking up road train um on the internet okay so they're behind one and they try to they pass it and then or no i'm sorry they're driving and one's coming up really fast behind them um and it rams them in the back and they let it go around and then somehow they get in front of it again and it hits them again drives them off the road and they crash so their car is completely destroyed and they get out and miraculously no one is hurt except for craig 
who has a very visibly broken arm, like a piece of bone sticking out of the side yeah. of his flesh. Yeah. Broken arm. Um, so Nina, who is his girlfriend, um, I'm trying, I'm going to try and remember the other girl's name without looking it up because they really just say Craig and Marcus like constantly uh-huh. throughout this uh-huh. movie. But um, Nina was in the Australian equivalent of the Girl Scouts. So she knows how to like splint an arm. So she does, um, and they decide, or, oh, fuck, I gotta look up her name. Liz. So Liz is like, hey, I saw a shack back there when we were running away from that road train. Let's go back and see if there's anybody there. And Marcus is like, ah, you stupid idiot, there's no shack. And she's like, no, I'm telling you, I saw, saw a shack. And she's like, ah, you're such an idiot. Um, but eventually they decide to go walk and try and find the shack. So as they're walking... Um, Marcus is being a dick to her and this is where the reveal comes and she's like I don't know why you can forgive Craig and I I don't know why you can forgive Craig for fucking me but you can't forgive me for fucking Craig Mm. and he's like Craig is my bro like he's been my best friend forever and she's like but I'm your girlfriend and you're supposed to love me and he says you know what I do forgive you and then he hugs her and he's like fuck how does he say it he's like I forgive you for being such a fucking slut or something like that Christ and it's it's like my favorite joke which is like i'm sorry you're dumb like i'm sorry sorry you're dumb um so they get angry at each other and she eventually finds the shack so inside the shack there's a bunch of like barrels and stuff that's like red liquid it's like really disgusting um i don't even know how to fucking talk about this movie so then it turns out that Marcus is miraculous or Craig is miraculously healed and they can't get, they, they go and they find the road train is like stopped on the side of the road and there's nobody in it. So they all reconvene at the road train and they're like, Hey, let's drive this thing. So they turn it on. Real and quick, it starts miraculously to- healed, meaning the bone is no longer sticking out of his arm. Like he doesn't have a broken yeah, arm. Yeah. Like he doesn't have a splinter, a splinter or anything. He's just, okay. All right. But I'll get to like why maybe that happened. Okay. Um, this is a mindfuck movie. It's it tries to be. Okay. So right, repeated repeatedly throughout like these openings. So they find the road train. They're like, we're gonna drive the road train. So once they find the road train, repeatedly throughout these scenes, they keep showing you the hood ornament of the road train, which is three dog heads coming out. You know, like Cerberus, right? Mm. So, long story short, what it turns out is that it's some kind of Hellraiser shit where the interior of the road train is like this processing plant where human bodies are mashed up and turned into fuel to keep the road train running. (laughs) And the road train has like evil psychic powers that possess people that come near it. So, basically, Craig is the first one that gets possessed. Um so as they're driving the road train at one point they stop and they see this dude running across this field and he's getting shot at by somebody and he ends up getting shot and then they can't get the road train to start but it's because it hasn't been fed enough people so craig i guess being possessed kind of like the um hellraiser uh what's his name uncle frank character he kind of figures this shit out and he keeps trying to woo the girls to get in the back so he can basically murder them um but now the girls are like too smart for any of that so they're kind of like nah no craig you're whatever um but then he's like oh but i really want to be with you and what's her name lisa 
Liz, Liz is like, Liz is like, I want to be. Try, with you. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I I took a drink, and when you told me the the premise of this movie, like I let out like while I was drinking a um <clears throat> like a like a throat kind of groan type thing, and then it caused me to end up like choking. Um, oh, sorry, <laughs> because I was so kind of just like turned off by. Well, Dean Dean Francis. Um, he apologizes. <laughs> so anyway, so recover now. Craig keeps having visions of Cerberus and okay. goes into the rear trailer and then it closes behind him. And that's, I guess, when he gets possessed. Um, okay. But Liz in the shack, meanwhile, has drunk like these containers of blood, basically, like, I guess, because she's so thirsty. Okay. And doesn't like realize that probably shouldn't drink this like red fluid in these random rusty ass cans. Sure, probably a good idea. Um, so then Marcus gets possessed by the spirit of the guy that was driving the road train before because he's wearing his clothes. But then Craig comes out of the back of the, the road train and while Nina and Liz are trying to like get it to run, um, he puts Marcus's head underneath the wheel, and Marcus's head gets run over. So then he takes his body and uses it to fuel the road train. Um, so then it kind of goes back and forth where Craig is trying to seduce the two of them, like where he says to Liz, like, "Oh, you know, I never should have." stopped fucking you after the first time that i did and she's like i know i love you too and they start making out and then he tries to force he forces liz into the back and then nina comes around and he's like oh man baby i love you so much like it's just me and you now and she's like yeah but then they open up the back and i guess like liz escapes i don't know this is all really foggy to me because this movie was like super terrible as it was occurring and mind you that like none of the special effects in this movie are any good at all so like when they show cerberus yeah. It's it's like dire straits level like CGI of like this three-headed dog barking at you. Is it is it worse than um uh the Llama Roman two or whatever? In the cyberspace? It's about that bad. I mean they really? probably had about that much, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty awful. Um so then all of a sudden Nina is escaping. Oh, I'm sorry. Liz never comes back out. Nina locks Craig in there because she realizes that Craig is evil and now Nina is the protagonist of this movie because um, she's the only one that didn't like basically cheat on somebody else with somebody else or be a dick about somebody else cheating on them. Um, so she gets in the front of the road train and she starts driving it and she's like, yeah. But then Craig just materializes out of nowhere with Liz and they start trying to like wrestle her for control of the road train. Which they do really ineffectively, which is ridiculous because, like, she has to keep her hands on the wheel and they're both free, but she somehow fights them both off. So she kicks Liz out of the road train, who, like, topples on the ground and, I guess, dies, presumably. Mm -hmm. um, oh, shit. Then Craig takes control of the the tractor, and there's a car with like a family in it and craig runs that over and kills them all and then that causes them to stop and nina's knocked unconscious and when she wakes up craig has 
dragged Liz's body into the back of the road train and is trying to put Nina in there. But Nina gets a gun. I don't remember from where. And she kills him. Um, but then as she gets, like, after she kills, like, they run into the brush and after she kills him, she's going back to the road train for some reason. Mm-hmm. And the people who were in the car wreck that right. was the car was completely destroyed they miraculously survived and they're getting in the road train to drive it away um to start the cycle all over again so that's road train or roadkill this depending. is like <clears throat> that brought back such like bad memories of two years ago when like the pandemic started and i was just throughout that entire summer <clears throat> drinking and sitting outside smoking and watching like four horror movies in a row sometimes at night and like there's always that point when you're watching a movie like that where it's like okay like what's the premise going to be for this movie and you get like what the premise is finally like after like the mystery has been built up sufficiently or maybe insufficiently mm-hmm. over 20 minutes or so and then you kind of get the idea of what's going on and that's when you make the determination of whether this movie is going to completely fucking suck or might be interesting enough and just falter in the end. And like you telling me the premise of the damn road train. Um, that's why, like, I think I made that rea- had that reaction mm. is because it reminded me of that feeling of like when you like get it explained to you or you have enough information, you're like, Ugh, this, this is the idea um yeah so then i understand why you like can't remember like as much of like what was happening towards the end because i'm sure by that point you were just like okay like let's just finish whoever's gonna live or die or whatever i didn't particularly care um well they don't sound like very likable characters either like any of them No, no, there's no likable. Well, Nina's probably the most likable character sure. in the movie. Um, and she's the one that survives, right? Yeah. I'll never understand. Like, well, I know we just talked about this a few weeks ago, but it's like, I will never understand this idea. Like, okay, if you make an unlikable protagonist kind of in a horror movie, it's like you're either foreshadowing that they're going to die or if they live you don't care because you kind of just didn't really give a fuck about them in the first place it's just like a lose-lose like to me it's like you want to make likable protagonists in horror movies because otherwise you're just setting your you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot yes i'm trying to think of like anything that's yeah in the first like well so the movie opens with the sex scene and nina and craig having really loud sex and then marcus and liz in the can't the tent next to him listening to them have really loud sex mm-hmm. and liz getting super turned on by them having really loud sex and marcus rolling over and pretending to be asleep so he doesn't have to have sex with liz right so they already don't really start it off all that great because i kind of like I kind of felt from the beginning that there had to have been something with like Liz and Craig mm-hmm. just, or that she was a lesbian. Maybe I wasn't quite sure mm-hmm. how it was right. going to go. Um, 
or maybe something between Marcus and Craig, because I'm telling you, like, it's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty, pretty intense homoeroticism in the beginning of this movie. Um, so I knew that something was going to go on there. So automatically it puts you at odds. And then they actually kind of make Nina an asshole in the beginning because she's like, they kind of make her seem like a ditz because she's wearing these like ridiculously impractical shoes to go hiking. And um, she has a book that's called 101 Ways to Survive in the Outback that she got from, and I wish you could remember what the Girl Scouts of this world are called, but whatever they are, it's what she got from, from there. Um, I actually looked up some quotes on MDIB um i want to try and give you some some context so there's at one point where after they've gotten out of their wrecked vehicle they see that the road train is parked like down the road basically the same thing from duel so craig says we're gonna have a morning tea and chat with our truck driver and nina says are you serious they just tried to kill us and now you're gonna go ask for help what happened to never leaving your vehicle she says this like a dozen times in this fucking movie that they never should have left their vehicle Mm -hmm. even after their vehicle is completely destroyed Uh and it makes no sense and i was wondering for a while if it was like purgatory or something but i don't think that's the case i think that i think that um what's his name just doesn't understand how how vehicles and accidents work (laughs) um so then craig says look if we need advice from 101 things to do in the outback we'll let you know and then nina says but it just rammed us up the arse like we weren't even there what the fuck are these truck drivers taking seriously what where would they go but they because they disappeared and then there's some speculation that the road train was driving itself even though they see the one truck driver shoot the other truck i don't know it doesn't make any sense let me ask you this real quick i I want to kind of understand this so he actually says the name of the book in the dialogue correct what road train in, in the dialogue you just read like if we need advice from oh 101 th- yeah yeah okay they've established they've shown this book though already correct yes it's definitely uh, a prop in so, the movie. right so they've shown the title of the book like in some sort of like probably like close up or something like that or at least like in some kind of medium shot where you can see the title of the book i'm assuming yeah nina and craig are sitting in the back seat and marcus and liz are in the front seat and nina holds it up and says oh i brought this book to blah 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 oh so it's it's like even pointed out through the actual plot yes and then he says the name of the book when she shows the book (laughs) and then he repeats the name of the book yes that's just such bad writing if that's the thing you want to latch on to, then sure. I mean, there's I mean, plenty I mean, of... Well, yeah, it, you it, just read it's one piece of dialogue there. Right, 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 right. I'm forgetting that you haven't watched this movie. But, right. You know, I gotta... I really gotta use a red card at some point soon because you really need to have to endure one of these movies with me. That's, that's, the, that's the brilliance of the red card. Is like, you, know, you, gotta, you gotta pick and choose, man. I know, I know. I, it just hasn't felt right yet, but man... So, this, what is the rules movie, we determine? It's four? You get four uh-huh and i have to i have to apply it before i watch the movie before you watch the movie and didn't isn't there another caveat is like one of them i get to pull like like almost like a reverse card and we have to do a watch along is that the i it wasn't that like what i determined uh, you can determine whatever you want i mean if you want to watch it together that's fine yeah there's one of them that we like i'm gonna re- like like reverse uno you and uh like and and we're gonna do a watch along like with it God, okay whatever piece of trash that's gonna be jesus now we'll see what you spin this week buster huh. um so yeah so as like a man versus machine like dual type movie it doesn't work um 
as a I mean it's 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 Cerberus, so it's the Greek hell, but it's also then Hellraiser because in the back of the like I mean they're just um whatever. Think of like the containers that come off of tankers in the mm-hmm. from the ocean. Like that's yeah. that's what's on the back of these trucks. Um mm-hmm. intermodal containers, uh, they're called. Um they just have like a couple chains hanging down and some like tubes and pipes. Got when they realize that it's like blood that's I, there's so many times where they look under like where they can't get the road train to start for a while because it only starts like I guess when someone's possessed and ready to do its bidding. Mm-hmm. Where they look underneath and there's like blood like dripping from the undercarriage of this thing, and they're like, Hmm, what is this? <laughs> oh, Marcus drinks his own piss at one point too. Hmm. Um, because even though he's only been gone for like 30 minutes, um, in a, in an order in order to spite Liz, he threw her water on the ground and then ran off without any water. And now he's thirsty, so he pisses in his empty water bottle and then tries to drink it. Um, which I don't really feel would be necessary after like 30 minutes. No. But you know, yeah, it's I mean it's the outback makes you do crazy things. They say that like three or four times um mm-hmm. in the movie too. When they're trying to decipher, you know, like why why um, why 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 the plot is happening. Yes. Like why are these things happening to us? Why do these truck drivers murder each other? Craig at one point when he um they finally get the road train started and he's driving it says I'm driving a fucking road train and um I thought that was pretty funny too because they say road train so many times and actually mm-hmm. on the front of the tractor trailer which I guess is a thing that actually happens in Australia it has road train on it so you get to see that throughout the entire movie so you can remember mm. <clears throat> although again this movie was called Roadkill um so <coughs> <coughs> goodness got me all choked up the road train i actually the original intent for this um but i couldn't maybe i couldn't find a copy for cheap was a stacy keach um see if i can find what this movie's called because i thought it sounded really interesting it's uh stacy keach and what is her name fuck I, uh, jamie lee curtis oh it's movie. called road games yeah um, it's a australian <clears throat> thriller which also, also takes about place, a truck driver yeah in the outback and but the truck driver is a serial killer and he's stalking them hmm. um you know across the outback which i actually thought sounded pretty cool but i wasn't gonna pay for a movie this week so this is what you get I guess she really was like. I guess there's just so many movies that I I'm not familiar with that Jamie Lee Curtis was in. Like there were horror movies. Yeah, I mean that's really what she did for the first like decade of her career. Yeah, I mean I had seen the fall. what is Road Games like eighty two or eighty three eighty one is that right? Yeah, so, so it's that's like right, right. It's like right before she like it comes out before Halloween two. So yeah, Halloween, Halloween two, prom night, the fog, all that shits around there. Yeah. That's all her. Right. No, I guess that's the only other one that I haven't seen. Is um, It honestly isn't games. until like the late 80s, early 90s that Jamie Lee Curtis becomes like a somewhat respectable actress. Right. I mean, there's that weird um, like incest movie, Mommy's Little Boys or whatever the fuck that movie's called. Oh, shit. I have no idea what that is. 
mama's boys maybe i don't know it's really super creepy hmm. oh mother's um, boys okay, mother's boys yeah. yeah with her trying to seduce like an eight-year-old yeah she's um in, she's in forever young um which i was just reading about last night for another podcast that's upcoming just a little bit but what podcast is that i was just reading about movies from 1992 like i didn't have anything mm. else to do i was you know um trying to try I was just trying 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 trap man i'm not trying to trap anybody i was just like is that the mel gibson movie and so i was just reading about it. i was like oh right yeah i did see that when i was a kid um jj jj abrams wrote the original script mm. um he also wrote regarding henry so. uh true lies is where i well no that's not true my girl is where I first remember Jamie Lee Curtis kind of um, coming back into like my purview, I guess. Again, like watching movies, like I knew her from like Halloween when I was when I was a kid, like uh, early teens, and I think that's where like I first saw her again. But then it's like True Lies, of course, is like the movie that like um, I really associate with her in the early nineties, I guess. And I was like, oh right, Jamie curtis yeah, yeah she's an actress and um so yeah I'm well sure we didn't watch a movie with her so yeah, i'm sure my 14 year old mind cared more about that one particular scene in oh sure else. that was what that's another thing she was known for was showing off her bosoms at least one time in a movie yeah um yeah, actually i think yeah, she does it in trading places too i think she's in her she's in her brawl at some point or at least like she's in some kind of like tight dress if i remember correctly because she's a prostitute in that movie isn't it is that i right? think that's right i don't know it's right. been, yeah 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 well she's nude in um mother's boys for like a brief period of time so oh gotcha hmm. oh i guess i didn't i never fish called wanda was not something i was watching when i was like an is that 91 it's actually i was surprised too i thought it was like 90 91 it's 88 which is a little earlier than i assumed it was yeah that was super popular with like people like my parents right like they they really enjoyed that movie yep do you remember do you remember the um the rumor for a long time that jamie lee curtis was a transsexual i do remember hearing that like back in the 90s at some point yeah Uh yeah that was um when i was in early high school it went for a while where people were like oh yeah you know she used to be a guy and then like everyone believed it yeah yeah it's just like they believe like what marilyn manson like was paul from the wonder years mm-hmm. and had his like ribs removed so he could flate himself like, right yeah. yeah right yeah that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good best 30 minutes episode possibly is like you know random rumors like you heard um or like like misconceptions from when you were young about things yeah um, how was uh georgina Haig in this that played liz um because i've seen her in a couple of things that i liked her in nobody's likable in this movie man i don't know okay. what to tell you gotcha i'm t- the the focus of this movie is the chiseled bodies of the two male leads right i mean they're i mean she's she's okay she i don't know she's not okay it's terrible it's terrible performance in a terrible film right um yeah i've not seen any of these people um i don't think in anything else but what's his name was in the other movie you watched though too um the guy that played marcus was in the loved ones as well oh shit 
he did looks completely different yeah he looks like a dude like a like an almost like a skeet alvert alvert that can like yeah uh, like change himself like if he needs to and stuff like that yeah yeah he's got that that look to him um Look, I make this joke a lot, but I really mean it here. This is like CW Hellraiser, basically. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. There's really nothing worth watching. No reason to watch it. It's a terrible movie. And it's not even terrible in like the funny sense. You know, I mean, Space Truckers was whatever. Like it had its moments, I guess. (coughs) This movie definitely does not. Um have its moments it's just awful oh yeah i mean <clears throat> i mean the guy that played craig is famous like his his popularity comes from um the 100 which is a cw show so i mean kind of makes sense oh, that makes sense yeah um wasn't until after this movie but yeah hey gum was just in i i just like i i knew as soon as i saw the name i was like i've looked her up in the past like couple months and uh I I I saw her in Archive eighty one when I watched it um, on Netflix. She's in the latter half of the season for like three or four episodes, um, and I like that character. Uh, and uh, the reason I recognize her is she plays Peter Bishop's mother in Fringe, um, mm. um, in the Flash <clears throat> stuff. Everybody's got to start somewhere, right? So yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah. She's building up. She's building up a pretty good uh, television filmography for herself. Apparently, she's has a recurring role on Snowpiercer, like a television version of it, um, as well. I really like that movie, but I don't know if I ever want to watch that that show. Yeah, I, I hear it's really like, I it, it seems like it works for a general audience at least, and that might turn me off. Um, because I think like my like somebody told my mom to start watching, and she started watching, and she liked it, and it's like a that doesn't sound good i mean Um, the principle of the movie itself is um pretty pretty easy to get into i think like it's kind of one of those things where you can just sort of the way that it's presented you immediately get what you're watching i guess Mm -hmm. so i can see where if you translated that to um like an extended television show that you could you know like really build something on that right Right. actually i don't know i'd be really curious how they did it yeah i have no idea um yeah i'm not, I'm, I'm not sure how they do that i i know for some reason i get it stuff about it in my feed sometimes but i haven't watched any of it so i just ignore it yeah um it's like we're gonna it's talk like about third season or something though like oh i don't know it's, it I seems like every show is in its third season after every, like every show feels like it's so many seasons in further than it should be right like um this like i think this is us is in it's like sixth season and i was like i swear i just heard about this show like at the beginning of the pandemic or something like um i i don't know for me it's ozark like i swear ozark i first heard about it like a year and a half ago and now it's like ozark season six and yeah. everybody at work talking about all oh, ozark blah 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 and i told you about ozark right and, like my feelings on that I started it right when the pandemic, like, like when it all, like it was in March, like I started that show and I got through like somewhere in the second season, 
and I just, I just, I just stopped. I just couldn't. Um, and it wasn't that the show was bad necessarily. It was just, it felt like I had, I'd seen it before. Mm. Like it felt like some sort of like combination of <clears throat> like Breaking Bad, like Justified, and Mr. Robot. Like in like different elements of it, and it's like I'd seen it all before. I mean, Bateman's good in it, um, and so's Laura Linney. Like, I mean, the the actors were all like really solid. Um, but I I don't know. I just I just couldn't deal. It just felt like too repetitive to me. Um, in terms of a lot of plot lines and you know setting and that kind of stuff, and I just couldn't. So. And it's not a thing, like, I know, like, uh, a friend of the podcast, Jason Heaster, I know he likes it a lot and stuff like that. It's just, not, I don't think I can ever go back to it. It's not interesting to me for some reason. I would never, yeah. You know I am about watching any new shows, period. I know, I know. I think, I'm, I think you'd really like the Righteous Gemstones, though. I really yeah. do. It's another thing I'll tell you that I'll start someday and never watch it, so. Right. Just like finishing right. season three of Secession. No, oh, that's 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 the worst decision that you're making right now is not finishing that. Um, it's so good, um, so good. Considering that I know you've really enjoyed those first two seasons, it's so so goddamn good. Um, you know what's funny is that I tried I talked my mom into starting season one of it, <laughs> and she hated it. And her reply was. It's just a bunch of people I don't like saying fuck all the time. <laughs> and after after she described it like that, I was like, man, that really is all that show is. So now I can't watch it anymore. Because mm. it's true. It's like a whole bunch of unlikable people just like cussing. Yes, it is a whole bunch of unlikable people. That's, uh, that's correct. I mean, I think that's part of the um, schadenfreude of like all of it. But I mean, it's also like, ter- like them just like terrible things like them doing terrible things to each other too so it's like they're all getting their comeuppance to some degree as well except for the father but, all right so what's the chagrin score on this this is a hard eight okay it was um I again thought you, I, I thought i thought you were made of sterner stuff than that honestly like i mean this sounds like this sounds i mean it sounds really bad don't get me wrong but it feels like you've watched so much worse in your life than this from a horror perspective I feel like I can find in most horror movies at least one or two things where I say I get that idea or I see what they were trying to do here or that would have been really cool you know like again I bring up that Yui Bowl movie um shit I can't remember I brought it up last week on we were talking about the spin chagrin um yeah yeah seed Mm -hmm. right incredibly awful movie nothing good in it except for this one scene that maybe is even accidental but just like really well done you know Mm -hmm. and that movie's terrible right so that's the thing is like there's no point in this movie and i mean this sincerely where i said oh hey like I see what they were going for here and that could have worked or, Oh, Hey, like he really filmed that. Well, like that was an interesting shot or that was really like well-directed, even though you can tell he didn't have a budget or, Oh, Hey, like this actor like really got the most out of that moment. No, no, 
no no every moment in this movie is just abysmal i guess and not even like abysmal in like the larry the cable guy calling health inspector kind of way Mm -hmm. but in the most like banal evil kind of way gotcha so yeah the the pessimism of the chagrin scores always cracks me up um is that it's like you just expect them to be disappointed that that feels like and you came up with that idea like that sounds so much more like a like a me thing um in terms of like my personality in terms of like how much like i just like am displeased with so much in life in general and particularly like art um but yeah, it's so, it cracks me up like all the time that it's like we're basically like you're ranking these movies based on like how much they make you suffer. <laughs> they really do get me. <laughs> and it's because I forced myself, I mean, aside from the failed experiment of the previous week's spin chagrin, like I really do force myself to watch these movies in one sitting. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I dislike a movie or if I get really bored with a movie, there's plenty of times where I'll stop it and do something else and then come back to it or sure. You know, like I can kind of convince myself, meh, like maybe there's something redeemable here but yeah i gotta watch these shitty movies yeah and watch them from start to finish and just hate my life mm-hmm. the entirety of the time yeah so much hatred you were going to ask something before i asked you for the chagrin score like oh uh, yeah were we going to talk about what i can't remember i thought there was something else we were going to talk about no i think that was last week we were going to talk about halloween or maybe that was two weeks ago i have no idea Halloween. Not Halloween. Um, fuck. The other one they did. Texas Chainsaw. Oh, yeah. yeah. Another remake I didn't like. Yeah. <clears throat> I know you like that first Halloween like kind of reboot. but I, I do. I still have some... I mean, a lot of the goodwill has been destroyed by Halloween kills, but um, yeah, right. I still think there's some really good... See, there's that's an excellent point, Chris. It's not a perfect movie, but there's things in it that I think are really good mm-hmm. ideas and are really well executed. I thought, and that's the problem with, not to rehash this, but that was my problem with Halloween Kills was actually that I actually thought there were some really good ideas that weren't executed well in Halloween Kills. Like, I just thought that it was a bland, boring movie, although I yeah. liked some of the ideas behind it. Um, I like some of the ideas much more than I liked the movie itself or the execution. Um, I like at least somebody was attempting to take it to a different place, but yeah, I haven't really watched much. I, I've been like too busy, I guess. Um, I, um, I don't know. I got screwball today, like at the liquor store, like, mm. and, um, I, I took a, I took a mini shot of it just to taste it like earlier in the day, like when I got home and, um. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty delicious. Also, the recommendation of of you and friend of the podcast, Ryan Willmaker. Um, and although we drink it in completely different ways, right? Because I don't really, I don't really drink it as a straight shot. Mm-hmm. I like to drink it as um, in my coffee. I think it's amazing in coffee. Yeah, I'm gonna try that at some point. Yeah. Um, Just the tiniest bit of like milk or whatever. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is a peanut butter flavored whiskey. Whiskey. Yep. Very good. Very tasty. 
You watch anything that's worthwhile? I just been watching podcast movies, so things that we are going to talk about later. Um, I did watch a relatively decent movie. Uh, not not anything perfect, but um, movie called a uh, Hellbender mm-hmm. on Shutter this past week. It just got added recently. Yep. Um, pretty clever take on. I guess it's like a witch movie, sort of. Um, but it's a pretty interesting take on that genre and um, definitely filmed for a, a minimal budget it feels like with a very small cast and minimal setting but um, definitely uh, definitely has some interesting ideas some really good performances um, it's just a pretty cool movie in general even though it's got a little bit of goofiness to it I really enjoyed it so yeah relatively short too I think like 80 some minutes 90 minutes maybe so if you have the time and you have access to AMC Plus or Shutter, uh, it's worth your time, I think. Other than that, I don't know. Podcast movies. I watched yeah. a couple for next week's um, podcast because we have a break this week. Um, we do. watched a couple uh, this weekend, <clears throat> both of which I really enjoyed still. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm really, you know, looking, really looking forward to March. Yeah. We can talk about what I've been doing because, you know, Okay, it's we can the do thing that. that everyone should be doing. Okay, which is playing um, Elden Ring, mm-hmm. which is the latest in the uh, Soulsborne series from From Software. Um, it's more of a open world fantastical, like very much sword and sorcery style, but with the Dark Souls, Bloodborne, whatever um, aesthetic to them. Uh, just maybe the best game i've ever played or at least in the top like five or ten i think um i've had conversations with uh, my son my brother um our mutual friend dave Bissent about this game on friend of the podcast <sighs> yeah non-friend of the podcast um secret friend every... of the podcast who did a secret episode that was never released yes yeah <laughs> So anyway, so this is a movie or a game that um, all four of us are playing completely different, it feels like, and having equally amazing experiences with it, um, which is really impressive because previously in this franchise, you've been kind of not really forced to play the same way, but sort of forced to follow the same general thread um, until you get really good and you can like skip around by doing tricks and stuff but mostly the game like kind of leads you along a certain path and in this game you can go basically anywhere in the game within reason like from the very start so there's that element to it which is super awesome and even though it's got the challenge of the soul series it's not it never feels insurmountable like you really do feel like you can beat everything um and if you're under leveled to beat something, you can go and just, you don't have to get stuck there. You can go somewhere else and go fight elsewhere and level up and do other stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. I genuinely love it and basically wish I was playing it every moment that I'm not playing it in the course of my day. I do really love that you love those games. Um, those, those earlier games are just, too much for me to invest myself into in terms of like the practice that i think you need but um i appreciate like how much you love those games um and it sounds really exciting like 
when you like those style of games. I mean, I legitimately feel like if you devoted the time to like learning the mechanics that you would enjoy playing only because I think it's much more accessible than the previous games in the series. Although that might be just because I have like such a deep affinity for those games and I've played all of them so much that I kind of just know sure sort of what to try and what to do automatically. And maybe that isn't the same. I told you like this, this one, considering what I'm hearing, like when it's cheaper at some point, I will pick it up and try it out. You know, we'll see. But, um, no. Oh, I, I've been playing. God, what's the name of the fucking game, Frank? Horizon Forbidden West. Forbidden West. I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah. It's, which it's, I'll admit, I also played until this game came out, and right. now I may never go back and play again. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's, if you liked Horizon Zero Dawn, played that, like, it's, um, it's, it's, it's different, like, cause I just, like, played that game like, a few months ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, I played it initially and then stopped playing it, and then I bought it again for, like, $5 and, like, went back and, like, beat the entire thing. Um, I mean, if you like that game, you'll like this game. Um, they're much heavier in story this time around, it feels to me, um, which is a little annoying to me, at least. Um, they've complicated the gameplay. In some ways, it works. In some ways, it is not kind of pointless. But I, I'm still enjoying it. Um, I like, you know, there some of the big quest stuff, I don't know if you've encountered this when you were playing it yet frank but i had to like take out at level like 19 for a 17 level quest i had to take out like a 35 level elephant last night um hmm. which was a pain i didn't in get the that ass. but um and apparently that's a common complaint of the game is that like some quests like put these really over leveled enemies against you um as like boss fights and like they can be really overleveled at times. Um, this is what I would so. I absolutely hate most of the story in this game, and I'm more of a fan of this world than you are, like in general. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, it's very tiresome, like going through the story, and it's not particularly well written or interesting. Yeah, I think that if if you could take the story elements out of this game and have it just be like a hunting, exploring, and crafting game mm-hmm. with very little story, it would be almost a perfect game. Like, I love the combat in this game. I yep. love the ease of switching between your weapons, of mm-hmm. range to melee combat. I think all of it's amazing. Yep. I love the, like, six different skill trees you can go down, and I think that I found, like, some useful stuff in almost every one. Mm-hmm. But, dude, like, and we were talking about this last night, like, you got to watch sometimes, like, a six-minute cutscene of a seriously unlikable protagonist and some other like pretty terrible characters just to get to a part where you can go fight some robot dinosaurs again sure not the way i not the way i play (laughs) i just skip that shit yeah that's true (laughs) i'm wondering though like one of the things i found is if you craft your arrows in a certain way like you can take down higher level creatures easily just by knocking off certain parts oh sure like it's actually like much the... more strategic this time around than the first game. Yeah. You actually have to employ strategy in this game of knocking off certain parts so that it can't kill, like some of these bigger things can't kill you as easily um, before like 
taking out other parts and trying to like just like yeah whittle them down yeah um it's kind of pain in the ass at times but it makes it more strategic i suppose yeah with it's, it's super satisfying when you get like that shot where you knock off like oh yeah the, the blaze canister or something mm-hmm. and they get crippled and they fall over and then you're like plinging away at their horns and shit yeah when i knocked off like these like cannons like off this off the side of this elephant last night and then like i was able to like you know just like move around like this big area and just slowly just like you know whittle it down um yeah it was very satisfying because right. i think it's gigantic um like compared to your character so. but yeah i um i think i leveled up to like 15 or something and i'm a little before where you are maybe yeah, yeah i just had level 20 last night so but I level up because I just in, incessantly will go and hunt shit right. for no reason other than to, like, collect parts or, I don't know. Like, I like the whole sneaking aspect of it. I like mm-hmm. the, um, but there's a couple times in the game where I was playing it. Here's, this is my comparison between the two, because they're both third third person action games that both involve a leveling system and both have different weapons and techniques you can use to fight enemies there's so many times in horizon forbidden west where i would get just frustrated by how like i can't think of the right word like almost smarmy the game is with its hints or like telling (laughs) you what to do where it's like oh go up this way but then let me show you these other two ways you could go and always putting you in a situation where you have to like go back and redo some dumb shit you don't feel like doing or sit through some stupid cutscene that you can skip i understand but at least the beginning of the cutscene until you jam on that button enough to get to the skip option like there's the one thing where you're in this waterlogged cavern this old abandoned research base and if you miss a jump you fall down in this water and then you have to swim in the stupidest swim mechanics ever to get back to the other side to climb up this ladder to do this portion again and it's so it's like buddy just let me save right here so i can just try it a couple of times and don't make me redo this part yeah because you're just taking the fun out of it and there's another time where it's like i don't know it's the reason why i don't play the uncharted games because i hate Mm -hmm. like the vague here's the path that you should take and then figure it out because our game is so much fun that you don't mind doing it a hundred times. But you know what? It's not that much fun, buddy. Right. Like, I don't want to do it a hundred times. I just want to do it once and be done. With yeah. It. They're, they're like, yeah. And I think I played that on Saturday. Like you got there before me, but it's like, I've had um two sections where that could possibly happen since then again. Like already. annoying. Yeah. And this, th- this is my point is that Elden Ring it just puts you in the world and it's like here's your shit go kill some enemies and you got to figure it all out and it like slowly builds the world around your your exploration will build the world around you and kind of reveal things about the game and without holding your hand and forcing you into some stupid quick time event or whatever just to like yeah i don't know i hate that smug fucking video game developer like look how clever our 
dialogue and plot is and it's not you know it's, it's the same stupid bullshit so fuck Aloy right. and fuck the Forbidden West uh, the only other thing I've been doing for like the fucking maybe 15th time and this will be it like oh, this is my last thing like I'll just I just want to mention to you because you can appreciate it um, it's like probably it has to be close to 15 like uh, in the background I've just been like having 30 rock playing in the background um because it's one of my comfort shows and because i've been working so much and uh i don't think i sometimes appreciate jenna as much as i should Mm. in that show but there's the it's the peter dinklage episode um of of the show where liz is like baby crazy and the whole premise of that episode is where she like thinks she's like touching a child's like head and like patting them on the head and it's um peter dinklage um but there's a fucking scene where she's making over a baby and jenna like sees her doing it and says oh liz look at you and i with our biological clocks you're baby crazy and i keep getting turned on by car accidents (laughs) (laughs) and and I've heard that like so many times in my life, but Jesus, like there's times it's like there's so many jokes per minute. And I think I think somebody did a study of like the jokes per minute, like in a in comedy series, and I think it came up number one. I, I remember seeing this in my feed at some point. And um there's so many jokes in 30 Rock that it's like you can hear it like a thousand times and like it's like some of them just don't land like the way they should because it's surrounded by so many other jokes and like for some reason watching at this time like i heard that and i just fucking lost it like you know um <laughs> that's that that's a really funny line and there's a lot of jenna stuff that's actually like that now that now i watching it like you know the past couple times i watch it, i realized that I, I i i don't appreciate jenna as much as i should and some of the dialogue they give her and the way it's delivered um all right, you want to go ahead and spin this wheel? Or yep. do you have anything else? Right. Oh, I just want to mention that um, I'm really a big fan of the woman that does the voice work for Aloy, Ashley mm-hmm. Birch. Yeah. Um, she used to be in a, uh, what was that, Giant Bomb or Screw Attack series called um, Hey Ash, What You Play In that I thought was really funny. Hmm. And she does the voice work for Tiny Tina. In, oh, um, okay. the borderlands game so i'm always like it makes me sad that i don't enjoy that character more because i like i said i'm a pretty big fan of her but um yeah i am definitely not a fan of that character at least not in this that comes out next week right no it's like is it next week it's in march like oh my god it better be two weeks or i'll just i don't know i'll die i'm because there's also that final fantasy game that i'm really excited to play that comes out um i'm pretty sure they're both at the end of march why is it not tell- why is it just- why is google just tell me 2022 okay there it is official site it's march 25th okay okay right. thank god it's the end of the month yeah all right i should be able to play enough of um elden ring to feel okay playing another game by then yeah that'll that'll work out well so it's like i'll finish this game i'll have tiny tina's and then that'll get me through the end of the semester and then i am going to download um uh the uh marwin like elder scrolls like online oh yeah, thing yeah. and elder like online. Play, 
and try that out and see what's going on this summer. So works out well for me. Right. Bust a deal, face the wheel, motherfucker. Yep. Hold on. Doing it live. All the way live. <laughs> Can you see that, Frank? Oh, who made that choice? I don't know. I think it was Bletso. Huh. Um, what, what do I, I call him all the time? Ray Halsen? Um, yeah, Ray so, so the category, sorry, is Ray Harry Halsen special effects. Um, so I guess it just has to be a, a movie that has harry housen type special effects um so that is the category for you know what pulling a red card here i know i as soon as i saw it like i fucking know I, yep I fucking this know. is this is the red card category and by <laughs> tomorrow evening i will have picked the best oh my god there's so many options <laughs> The problem is I've seen a lot of these, a lot of his movies, so I got to find some stuff maybe that's similar. Oh man, I'm gonna have you watch some awful shit from like the fifties. God, I'm excited. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one to pull the red card on because I know it's been referenced in the primary podcast once or twice, but my there's there's things that are larry gasberry movies my 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 father um and like there's certain things like flash gordon and conan was one of them i can't even think of what the other ones are right this second um but there's certain things i just can't deal with because he loved them so much and remo williams um and we had very little crossover with that kind of stuff, but he loved Harryhausen movies. Like he used to watch them constantly. Um, like every time they were on fucking TBS or something like that, this dude would watch them. And I despised those movies with the Cyclops and all that kind of shit. Like, mm. Um, mm. I hate the animation. <laughs> I hate that like claymation animation, whatever the fuck it is. Like, um can't stand it so yeah see you, you might get lucky though because i've seen so many of these movies because i love that stuff yeah oh i'm not gonna get lucky in any way here though frank it's like i'm i'm fucked either way because even if you'd like once you pick one that you haven't seen it's like i'm still gonna have to watch that type of thing and then if it's good i won't probably enjoy it as much as you will and if it's bad i will really not enjoy it and we'll just both suffer but i mean i don't win out of this so that's fine i i knew it as soon as i saw the category <laughs> i almost forgot even though we literally just talked about this shit i was like that eh, <laughs> yeah i actually got a little excited because then i was thinking man is there anything that i haven't seen that i could watch but um Oh man, I've seen. I'm so positive. Much I'm positive that's a Bletso, um category. Um, it's either. Bletso, I mean, it's Bletso it's not me. No, I know it's not you. It's it's either Bletso or Ryan, and I put it on. I was trying to pick things that I wouldn't like. 
Mm. Yeah. I'll have to get clarification on that at some point. Um, and see if that if that was like in some way purposeful. I don't know. All right. Well, next week, fucking Ray Housen special effects. Um, and I guess I'll be watching it as well. Fantastic. Trigger me, make me drink more. <clears throat> now my see my neck is hurting already. Like just out of nowhere. Like my neck is like bothering me. Oh like, man, you don't even know. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be so awful. All right. <sighs> Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week with Talk the to you next week. Ray Harry Hells and special effects movie.